Welcome to the Gospel Care Podcast. My name is Jason Kovacs, and I'm one of your hosts. Today, I'm joined by my friend and fellow counselor at the Gospel Care Collective, Doug Walter. Doug is going to share some of his story and thoughts on what happens and what to do when you experience disappointment. As always, our aim is to provide practical and biblical wisdom that can help you navigate life's challenges with grace and hope and help fellow counselors care like Jesus. Have you ever experienced disappointment? Maybe it's from an unmet expectation, a broken relationship, or a lost opportunity. In those moments, it can be difficult to see where Jesus is in the midst of our pain. But what if I told you that Jesus is right there with you, that he meets us in our disappointment and offers us hope and healing? In this episode, which is part one, Doug and I have a conversation exploring how Jesus can transform our disappointment into something beautiful. Thanks for joining us and listening in as we dive into this important topic. Doug, it's so good to be able to sit down with you and uh, to talk uh, today. I'm looking forward to our conversation. I know this is one of the things we've talked about in doing this podcast is having these conversations uh, about topics that are on our hearts and dear to us. And the purpose being to to provide us an opportunity to learn personally and together as we talk it out, uh, sort of you know a little bit of an experiment of sorts. Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, so we're we're not coming as per se experts on a particular topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, like today, we're we're, we're going to uh, talk about uh, when we're disappointed and 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 that's a real topic that you mm-hmm. and I have both walked through walking through mm-hmm. and people that we're counseling are walking through pastors yeah. that we know are walking through. Uh, but this conversation being one where we're, we're coming as learners and those mm-hmm. in, in the trench. Uh, so I don't know where we'll end up at the end of this conversation, but I, I I'm trusting the Lord is uh, mm-hmm. going to direct our, our, our words and, uh, and the things that, uh, that we'll be able to share uh, with each other. Uh, so in some ways, I, the way I think about this is this, this conversation between you and me and, and then others are listening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, you, you, sh- I mean, we've been talking and, and I, we've, been thinking about what, what are some of those conversations that we can have? And you, this is one that you mm-hmm. texted me and said, Hey, I, I just, the Lord's put this on my heart. So mm-hmm. maybe, you know, tell me a little bit about that. Like how, you know, how, how, how that came to you and what mm-hmm. you're thinking about when it comes yeah. to the, this, this issue of disappointment. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Jason. Yeah. I, I think, um, you know, everybody experiences disappointment, uh, no matter what stage of life you're in. Um, big or small, we've experienced some level of, we had hoped something would happen. We had expectations and then it fell through. And here we are asking questions. Um, some of the disappointments in life have been, I mean, painful, um, devastating, right? I mean, um, 
the longer you live, I think the more you're aware of just the fallenness and brokenness of the world and how um, you just know that the dreams that you had um, are not going to be fully met here in this life. And so I've just been kind of, um, you know, wrestling in my own story um, just with a lot of disappointment. And I've seen it in the stories of those whom I meet with at council. Um, and it's just apparent that I think one of the things we just want to be able to receive is, is help and understanding of what do I do with that pain? What do I do with the disappointment? How am I to, to process what feels like a story that I would not have written? You know, just um, how do I interact with um, with the situation I'm in? How do I uh, talk to God? How do I uh, function in a place? Sometimes I feel like it's a, a place of just being stuck, right? It's like uh, whether it's a family situation, whether it's a, um, uh, a ministry kind of scenario or a combination thereof, it's often just um, so difficult to discern why would God do this? Um, what do I do with this? Um, you know, sometimes the question can even be, I thought I was doing everything right. And how come you gave me this right And therein lies some of the problem with, um, kind of in the background, what's going on in our hearts. So, yeah, I just wanted to look at this topic a little bit further. I think it's some, something everybody relates to, no matter what age you are, no matter what stage of life you're in, we can all kind of grasp this idea of disappointment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe the most helpful thing would be to tell tell share a little bit about how you're currently uh, walking through that, and mm. what that looks like for you. Yeah, yeah. I can share some of some of what I've experienced as well, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I, I know that uh, you've had quite a journey, uh, mm. as we all have. But yeah. You know, you have your own story uh, mm-hmm. that includes disappointment. So maybe tell, sh- share a little bit about that and, and and what that currently looks like. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I was in pastoral ministry for a couple of decades, uh, family pastor in Kentucky, and then uh, lead pastor in Iowa, um, each about 10 years at each of those churches. And um, the church that I was um, pastoring as lead pastor uh, through just COVID and some of the political and cultural issues that were going on and in such a, um, you know, the combination of those things felt such a weight as most pastors recall. And all of us um, were, were dealing with uh, transitions and changes and um, just trying to figure it out as we went. But in particular, as some ministry leaders probably can relate, I was one who was in a context where um, as we would move through some of these decisions together, um, it was very apparent that it was a polarized, very, uh, very, um, I would say, politically driven uh, culture that was being revealed mm-hmm. in in the leadership of the church I was serving. You, didn't, you so weren't aware of that before. I was, I was not. It was kind of like... Um, yeah, maybe there were undertones of, yeah, this is really a conservative, you know, community and and culture, but I wasn't aware of just how deeply ingrained some of these things were to where it was um, 
a lot of the issues were being seen through the political lens and not the lens of scripture. Um, so as you can imagine, just walking through some of those things were incredibly difficult and it became more apparent that um, uh, there was just a lot of, uh, you know, tension, struggle. Well, that culminated in uh, me receiving uh, one day after preaching uh, a list that was given by a couple of my elders, uh, basically a list of grievances that um, people in the church had uh, evidently come to these two who had also agreed um, that I was leading, for example, out of fear. Um, I was, in their eyes, uh, leading in such a way that was um, more in the in the left, not to the right. Uh, so a lot of fear. I think there was just a lot of, um, I think in the eyes of, of, of these folks, thinking that, oh no, our pastor doesn't think like us. Where is that going to lead us? Mm. And so um, meetings were done behind my back and um, honestly got to a point where um, I felt very pushed out unless I would toe the line and change the way I was um, leading and lead in such a way that was more in line with their views. Um, I, I just couldn't do that. I, I wanted to be faithful to the scriptures mm. and faithful to what the Lord uh, was leading me to do. So sadly, after several meetings, um, we felt like we needed to, to resign. And so that was the beginning of really um, a painful, painful season of transition and change. Um, along with that, personally, I was dealing with um, my father who had uh, been struggling with uh, what's called Lewy body dementia. So it's like Alzheimer's, but it also adds in somewhat of a Parkinson's element physically with him. And so my dad's always been my encourager, listener. So during one of the most difficult times of my life, he was not able to be present. Um, he was slowly, actually quickly declining. So that was another element thrown in there. Um, one of my friends also in ministry, uh, he had not been in ministry for a while, but he had really been influential in my faith story as a, especially as a college student, um, we got word that he had taken his life. Um, so that was really another painful, painful, uh, thing, a grief for us. Um, but as we moved and tried to pick up the pieces and start a new life in, um, Des Moines is where we are. Um, it was not too quickly after a few months later where my, my daughter, I had a car accident. So yeah, remember we that. got the phone call. Yeah, it was it was one of those things you never want to hear, right? You it was midnight. We um we get the call and she had been hit by a drunk driver, um, air flighted over to the hospital near us. And thankfully she was okay, other than she sustained um a pretty severe broken leg, which uh, began the process of healing. She had to um be in a wheelchair for a while. Um and what Coupled with all of this was the fact that she was a senior, so she had to pick up and move to a whole different school system, and you know, live out her senior year. And now, and now this happens. So that was that was also just another thing. And I, to be honest with you, at that point, I remember looking at my wife and thinking, God, do you really think we can handle one more thing, like? are you serious? Mm -hmm. I mean, there was just a lot of wrestling, a lot of questions. Um, 
and honestly, the the process of healing for my daughter from going in a wheelchair to crutches to wearing that big black boot, um, jumbling around and was kind of a metaphor for how slow the healing process has been for us, how excruciatingly slow it's been uh, to come out of a lot of that disappointment. And I would say we're still, we're still healing, obviously. So in that, I just, I, I feel like there are many ways the Lord has, has met us and has shown his faithfulness to us, but it hasn't in any way taken away from how devastating um, it was to lose a church family to start over again um, in a different community, uh, to have um, just so many new new things to have to adjust to. And then my dad, he did, he did pass away and that was hard, but yeah, honestly, it was also a gift that he's with Jesus now and he didn't have to suffer any, any longer. But um, yeah, so all of that, I just, I say I, there were a variety of different things that kind of hit you know, successfully. And the, the cumulative effect of all that was something I hadn't experienced yet in life where it felt very much, um, why is this what you wanted for us? Right? Like um, the pain. Right. Yeah. So, I, yeah. I mean, I would you say that like that was the first time you really experienced that much suffering in your life or that like I mean, you, you, you think, walked through that. I remember walking with you. Yeah, we, yeah. We knew each other in that. I mean, I right. met you when you were lead pastor of the church. And yeah, yeah, yeah. All through that. But, um, you know, so you've experienced a lot. Um, yeah, and I think I think part of it, too, as I look back is, um, and most pastors probably would resonate with this, it was a lonely season, right, as a pastor. Um, difficult because in the sense you weren't with your people, right? You were... Uh, basically trying to pass her through a screen. Um, I mean, there were phone calls and other things, but it was just really, really different in that regard. So it was lonely. And then um, having all of that uh, unravel, you know, mm -hmm. so quickly, and then being uh, in that place where personally a lot was going on at the same time, uh, just it felt like it was coming from all angles, um, just mm -hmm. somewhat suffocating at times. Yeah. Had would you had had you gone through anything on par with that previously? That's a good you know, question. Youth or young as younger was this really kind of like? Yeah, that's a great question. Surprise, almost. Yeah, I would I would say there were, um, you know, here and there uh, some difficult things, but not um, the level of these that were coming just in succession, just on top of each other. I think that's part of what made it more difficult. And for me personally, like just the, the relational kind of suffering was new. Um, that, that was something I hadn't experienced and it, it hit harder. Um, Spurgeon talks about, it feels almost like the, the, the relational kind of suffering can, I mean, in one blow can equal like 10 years of physical suffering. Like it's just something that was so, um, soul crushing, about that, where you do life with people and all of a sudden you're stripped of that church family and the people that meant so much to you. So I think that was probably more than I anticipated in terms of how that, that felt. Mm. Yeah. 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 What, what does that look like for you now? I mean, you're a couple of years out of that now. Um, yeah. I, I know it, it's, we like to think, you know, 
and talk about suffering in the past tense. Right, right. But I know as we've talked, um, we, we, we talk often about, you know, our own need for Jesus and share yeah. prayer requests regularly. And yeah, yeah. And I'm so grateful for that because you're mm-hmm. someone that I can mm. be honest and vulnerable with and say, man, I, I need you to pray for this because I'm, I'm overwhelmed by this today. Yeah, yeah. And you do the same. Um, mm. So yeah, I'd, I know, again, I, we've, we've shared some of this with each other, but, mm-hmm. um, and I'm asking this, not just for the podcast, but yeah again I, this this is my i have my own story of needing mm. mm-hmm. jesus mm-hmm. in the midst of what feels really hard and overwhelming um what what are you finding currently uh has yeah. been helpful or how how maybe let me ask it this way how is jesus meeting you yeah uh, currently yeah yeah i uh i, I remember reading um I think it's in 2 Corinthians 7, where Paul says, but God comforts the downcast, um, or God, the God who comforts the downcast comforted us by sending Titus to us. And I remember thinking that there have been multiple people, you know, in my life, in my family, who have been the means of God's comfort to us. I mean, the, the Lord has designed it this way, that he brings his comfort through through God's people. And uh, so we've been grateful for um, friends. We've been grateful for, um, you know, just people who are willing to sit with us in it and allow us space and recognize this is a slow journey and not to feel like, um, you know, there's any pressure on us to be able to get to a certain point and feel like now we're over the hump, so to speak. Um, cause it's disorienting, right? Like that's part of what disappointment is. It just feels very much like, uh, does anyone else understand? And when someone else takes the time to actually sit with you, help me understand. Um, and I, I know this, I mean, there's some commonality to our disappointments, right? There's some level where we can kind of, oh yeah, I can relate to that. And yet there's also really a uniqueness about everyone's suffering and disappointments but um yeah not yeah, not we, having that a, yeah. a timeline put on it like yeah yeah exactly like you That's, have to you you've the like you said you you've crossed that line now you should be right you know, right right yeah you should be sort yeah. of past the grief mm-hmm. side of things yeah. yeah yeah so we're i mean we're so grateful for friends like that 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 have stayed with us in that way um i have I think I've learned more about myself, um, which at, at some points has been really humbling and it's just incredibly uh, weak and recognizing how easy I can slip into like self-pity, for example, um, which is convicting even as I say it, but it's it's a real thing for me where like, you know, um, why me sort of thing like um you know nobody understands this so i might as well isolate you know um and in those kinds of ways i saw the lord even graciously say uh you know i'll I'll be a better friend to you than Mm self-pity like i i'm actually going to sit with you in this and put my arm around you and love you and not try to convince you that you're all alone because you're not that's not true 
And I do understand you. Like I, we have a sympathetic high priest, you know, and uh, I think um, we're coming off of Easter. And one of the things I remember, I think it was last year or the year before, was just how much I could see the fellowship of walking with Jesus through the the week leading up to his death and how much he suffered relationally and how I was kind of swept up into that part of the story. I had remembered, I think it was Paul Miller who said, um, he doesn't have a better story, so he's going to invite you into his. And, uh, and I'm like, I don't know if I want to be in part of your story, but, but you know, it's like Paul that said, I want to know Christ. And that means the fellowship of your sufferings, right? Uh, so he's met me there. And, you know, it, it, it makes me emotional as I think about it because I feel very close to this Jesus who cries. Mm-hmm. You know, this Jesus who's not afraid to weep with me mm-hmm. in those low moments. Um, so that that has been a beautiful um, thing. And um, having walked through it, I know that others can relate Um but yeah, there's there's some points though where it's like I slip back into it, you know. I have to watch. Oh, now I'm back in this place again, and I thought I was making progress, and then all of a sudden I have a day where it's like I'm angry again. Why? Mm. Um, so it it feels very much like the grief, uh, like you said, not a timeline. It, you know, there's things that that bring it back up again. Yeah, yeah. I I know. I I, I I've. Uh experience we've ex- my wife and i've experienced that too with with mm-hmm. some friends that that uh mm-hmm. even just recently had some friends yeah. over and uh and and it it blessed us and sort of surprised us that they didn't as they heard some of our story of of suffering and struggle with my, my wife has some is, yeah. is dealing with some chronic health issues right that we've had to actually start to call chronic because wow. you yeah. know in the past we've thought you know, this is seasonal. We'll get through this. And, mm-hmm. and it's just, we haven't got through it. So it, yeah, we're left with, okay, maybe this is chronic, this mm. long-term mm. journey. And, um, and so just recently having some friends that, that sat with us in that space of hearing our story and didn't, yeah. um, one have a timeline mm-hmm. in, in, in view in terms of, well, Okay, you've you've suffered, yeah. uh, and now you should be, you know, in a different place. But they they also didn't try to fix, mm. uh, yeah, what you know where we are. They didn't try right. to offer right. solutions, and mm-hmm. uh, they just said, "Wow, yeah. that's hard." Yeah, yeah. Sorry, validating that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that mm. that validation mm. that this is really hard. It's kind of it reminded me as I've thought about it, the validation of Jesus before the tomb of Lazarus where yeah, yeah. comes and he knows he's, he's going to yeah. raise Lazarus from the dead. So I, and as I've right. thought about this, I'm like, man, he could have come up, you know, into yeah. town and said, you know, with a smile on his face, mm. guys, yeah. watch the, you, like stop crying. Yeah. Yeah. Stop mourning. Like, Mm-hmm. I can't wait to show you what I'm about to do right with right. that faith-filled peace mm-hmm. and joy and excitement mm. you know, 
doing this incredible miracle of raising Lazarus mm-hmm. from the dead, but he, he, he doesn't do that. He, he comes mm-hmm. in and he mm-hmm. weeps. Yeah. That's and, so good. Yeah. And it's an angry weeping. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, he's angry at death. Death mm-hmm. is not natural and normal. Yeah. It's uh, something that, that he is going to have victory over mm-hmm. through the cross Mm-hmm. But in that moment, he he enters into the reality of of yeah. sins of impact. Mm. Uh, with you know that, that story, I'm glad you brought that up because I was thinking about that too. And um, yeah, the the reality that it says in the text, I think that he loved them. You know, he loved Lazarus. He loved Mary and Martha, and because he loved them, I'm going to actually wait two more days before I come. And I always like thought of that text, like what in the world you love them so much, you're going to wait before you come. And there's, there's some like sense in which there's this pain, right. And they're asking the question. So if you would have come earlier, Lord, you know, you could have done something. I think sometimes in our disappointment, we're like that too. Like this uh, mysterious love that he has for us, because I know that, he also says, I'm doing this for my glory, you know? And yeah, so there's, yeah. there's a sense in which like, those are both true. And I've, I've got to remember that um, as I think about disappointment, that he loves me in the pain, he's got purpose in the pain. And yeah. he's also doing something much bigger for his glory than just my little story. It's part of something that's greater mm-hmm. and more glorious. And um, that's hard to conceive sometimes in the moment, but it's like, it gives me some comfort to know that it may not happen here. Like it could be in the, in the life to come, but there's, there's hope, you know, that arises out of that. Yeah. That he's presently weeping with me. He's always loved me and he will show his glory. And those mm. things coming together, give me some sense of, okay, I can hold on to that. Yeah. Really. I'm not alone. In yeah, this most yeah. ultimate of, of right. ways too. That, yeah, that yeah, he understands. He knows what it's mm-hmm. like. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was made like his brothers in every way. Does it say in Hebrews? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like a, a gentle brother. Like I think I've Jesus has met me like that, which mm-hmm. um, sounds kind of cliche at first, but when you actually enter into that space and you imagine sometimes i just imagine him right there sitting next to me as i'm mm-hmm. you know praying and just uh as a brother you know yeah. i'm with you in this i'm with you in this yeah mm. helps me thanks for joining us on this episode of the gospel care podcast again this was part 1 we will release part 2 next week In the meantime, you can check out our website at www.gospelcarecollective.org. On there, you'll find information on our counseling services, training opportunities, and consulting. I do want to let you know that next month, we are launching our next Biblical Counseling Certification Training. The applications are open right now on our website, and the deadline to apply is May 15th. This is a great course for pastors, ministry leaders, small group leaders, missionaries, anybody wanting to get trained 
in biblical counseling and how to care better. You can find more information on our website. It's an eight-month course. There's live teaching, coaching, and lots of encouragement in doing this with a group of people. Again, you can find that information on our website at www.gospelcarecollective.org. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.